been a big week in the life of Kilsyth in a number of ways. Um, with uh, the service for Len on Wednesday and got a message from his son John just in the last 24 hours to say thank you to all those who helped with the, the service and were there um, for them, especially through the Thanksgiving service. And I know Ruth would say the same thing as well um, to everyone that took part in that and to help throughout the, the time. Thank you for your part in that. Yesterday that there, there was some pain too at the fun run. Yeah. Some of us are just standing here and we're not moving. Uh, just so you know. And if the wheelchair needs to come, I'll just signal it and I might do the second half of my message from the wheelchair. But probably the best thing that's happened to me this week was that as I was at the, at the door this morning, I got a lolly bag. Hey, how good is that? And uh, I'm not going to share that with anyone. So anyway, but it's Alyssa Kane's birthday and I know she's probably out. Is that right? Just tell her that I told everyone because we checked in about that. And she's got a big party. So uh, coming up this afternoon. Um, but yeah, if you've got a party coming up in the next three weeks and you're doing lolly bags, I'm more than happy to have them. So just to give you a heads up, just can't have chocolate. But uh, that's it. If you've got your Bibles there, I want to read to you a passage that we've heard a fair bit um, over the last few weeks. But I want to read it to you again just in, as we begin today. And it comes from John chapter 15, verses 1 to 5. And it says, I am the true vine. Jesus says, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so it will be even more fruitful. So just to remind ourselves, occasionally we need to be pruned a bit. Okay? You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. So remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branch. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Thanks, Trelawney. Nothing. If you're you're visiting today, we're so glad that you're here. And uh, we're we're doing a series, a very practical series here um, on the fruit of the Spirit. And we've called the series, What's Under Your Skin? Uh, With the challenge for us to think about those fruit of the Spirit, which are Christ-like characteristics, are they under our skin and then coming out, bearing good fruit? Love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness. Remember the challenge a couple of weeks ago to show some kindness, one bit of kindness. How are we going with that? Well, halfway through the week, I got a text from my daughter, how are you going, Dad, with kindness? Now, I'm not sure if there was a prompt there or what it was, but anyway. <laughs> but kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. You know, Billy Graham, there's many quotes going around of Billy Graham's at the moment. And one of them is this. When wealth is lost, nothing is lost. When health is lost, something is lost. When character is lost, all is lost. Christ-like characteristics. So our Bible passages through has been John chapter 15, 
that I've read and also Galatians, which lists the fruit of the Spirit. And way back when we began in the first week, we talked about the importance of remaining, abiding in the vine, clinging to the vine, Jesus Christ, as tightly as we possibly can, not to let go, to have that right, real, ongoing, daily relationship with Jesus Christ, not just Sundays, but, but seeking every moment of every day as best we can to have that relationship with Christ where you cling, you do not let go. Despite all the temptations that will come, the Bible says you're going to get all sorts of temptations to, to try and cause you to let go of the vine, to let go of Jesus. Cling even tighter. Because when you do, the fruit will flow. Love, joy, peace. It will flow. It'll be seen in your life. You, and in a sense, you can't stop it. Because that will be you. Because you cling to the vine. So today we look at faithfulness. Faithfulness. To live with a heart that's true and strong and steadfast and honest and dependable, that you have faithfulness under your skin, then flowing out of your life. At our deacons' prayer time last Monday, I shared a devotion with them about how our faithfulness is pleasing to God. It pleases God, our faithfulness. It's a declaration of our love for Christ and our trust in God. And I shared a... um, A biblical example, I brought up the guy by the name of Enoch. Now, Enoch's an interesting man. One thing, he had children when he was 65, son. Yeah, but anyway, that's something else for us to work through. But he was 65 when he had a child. And when he reached the age of 365, he didn't die. But he was taken straight up into heaven by God. And the Bible tells us that Enoch walked faithfully with God and this pleased God. Now, if I I think of my my, uh, obituary and I think of that, I would be very happy with that. That Tim walked faithfully with God and this pleased God. How many else would be happy with that? Yeah. Yeah. There's a few of us out there. Maybe we need a few more hands up. But anyway, hopefully by the end of the service, you'll go, yes, I want that to be me. His whole life was defined by his faithfulness. You know, if you were write write down on a a bit of paper right now a trait in other people that you most dislike, it would probably have some semblance to the word unfaithfulness. You know, you might say, well, I just don't like it when people lie to me, when they just don't tell me the truth. I just want the truth. What drives me crazy when someone tells me one thing and they do another. I can't stand it when people say they're going to show up and they never show up, or they show up really late. When someone promises to be there and then things get tough so they bail out. Someone vows to stay together with me until death do a part and then it all gets too hard and they bail out. You know, as we think about that, words come to mind like dishonest, disloyal, inconsistent, unreliable, liar. I think we would all agree that unfaithfulness is not only frustrating, but it's a disease that continues to be rampant in our culture. And in fact, the word faithfulness nearly sounds a touch dated. 
nearly an endangered type of species to find faithful people. Way back, this was an issue. It's never not been an issue since sin entered the world, unfaithfulness. And a struggle for faithfulness. And Solomon, who we said a few weeks back, was described as the wisest man who ever lived. He was aware of it. And he wrote this in Proverbs 20, verse 6. He says, Many will say that they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is really faithful? As I read that, it's nearly like a cry. There are any loyal friends out there? Can I just find one faithful friend? Someone I can rely on. It's tough to find faithfulness. You know, it's getting harder and harder to find couples who stay happily married for 50, 60 years. Just by chance, if you've been married for over 50 years, if, if you've been married for 50 years or you were married for over 50 years before your spouse passed away, just stand up, just stand up. Over 50. Come on. Wow. Hey. All right. All right, you can be seated. Still work to do. All right. No, I'm only joking. That's a little joke. But that's not common. You know, in some ways we're astounded even on a, on a sporting situation where a player stays with the one team now, remains loyal to the team. His whole career he takes less money. Someone, someone uh, stays at the job even though the job isn't all it should be or could be and they could get money elsewhere. No, they stay there. Someone once said, if faithfulness was a share on the share market, it would be continually slumping and slumping and slumping and hardly worth anything. So as we think about faithfulness, let's start with God's faithfulness, because I think that's a really good place to start. Because the word faithfulness is used throughout the Bible, and it, and it, it uses the meaning of, of um, firm, steady, steadfast, sure, trustworthy, honest, secure, rock-solid. And as we think about the living God, who we come to worship, we sing to today, we acknowledge, we, we, can, we can know that he is sure, that he is steady, that he is steadfast. The steadfast love of the Lord sometimes ceases. No, never ceases. He is reliable for the word of the Lord is upright and all his work is done, all and all his work is done in faithfulness. He's reliable. He is honest. He is safe. But the Lord is faithful. And he will strengthen you and he will protect you from the evil one. Hebrews 10.23 is, is just a terrific scripture. It's a great one to hold on to. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. When it comes to faithfulness, he is faithful. It's so important for us to, to really believe this in our faith. That God is committed to being faithful to you. That we can trust him. That we can count on him. That we can lean on him. That we can believe him. I love how the, the writer Beth Moore puts it. She says, faithfulness is resting in his certainty persuaded by his honesty, trusting by his reality, 
being won over by his sincerity, being sure that he is sure and believing he is worth believing. It's not just enough, though, to believe in God. Faithfulness means I believe God. Psalm 89 puts it like this. It's the psalm where we get the song, Forever God is Faithful. It says, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever, the psalmist wrote. With my mouth I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I'm just not going to shut up about your faithfulness, such as your greatness of it. I'm not going to stay quiet about that. I want everyone to know. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you established your faithfulness in heaven itself. Verse 8, O Lord God Almighty, who is like you? You are mighty, O Lord, and your faithfulness surrounds you. It encompasses God. This is who he is. Verse 14, righteousness and justice are foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. This is who God is. This is a glimpse into who he is. He is faithful. With not a lot of good news going around, if you have your faith in Jesus, you can rest assured that God is and he will continue to be faithful to you. Now, that is all times. That is not just in the good times, but it's all times. My experience in in a role as a pastor and the amount of testimonies I could share with you through my experiences, how many times people have said to me, Tim, even in the midst, even in the, in the shadow of the valley of death, I've, I've, I know God has been faithful to me. I've sensed that. I've felt that. The Holy Spirit has shared that. I've read that. I've been reminded of it. And it's helped me through the situations. I just know God has been faithful to me. And the good news is because God is just so faithful... And his love for us is so great. He wants to encourage us that out of our lives, that we would cultivate that kind of faithfulness in ourselves as well. No matter our age, if we're 13, 14, been married for 50 to 60 years, he still wants to cultivate that faithfulness in you. That it to be seen coming out of your skin. And I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it again. But for that to happen, and for that faithfulness of Christ to come out of you, it begins by remaining constantly in Christ. Galatians 5.22 puts it, but when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce the kind of fruit in us, including faithfulness, allowing the Holy Spirit to control you, which means following its promptings. Remaining in the vine, those promptings will come. What what does that exactly look like when it comes to faithfulness? How would you define it? Well, there's lots of different ways you probably could do that. But I want to just share three little bits with you today. The first one is faithfulness is persisting. 
Faithfulness is persisting even when we want to quit with it. Yesterday on the fun run, which is one of the more bizarre names of anything, but anyway, we won't go there. During the horrible run, uh, no, during the fun run, there are little voices that come into my head that I don't know who they are or where they come from. And I'm sure that's not the Holy Spirit that says, just stop. Stop complaining. Just stop. Look, there's a path there. That'll get you back to the church quicker. But somehow you just keep going. Put that next foot before the next foot. And somehow you finish. If you ask any musician, do they like practicing every time? Do you love practice every time? Like every time? Like every, every, every time? Like every, every, every time? I'm guessing they're not going to say absolutely every, every, every time. Now, there might be the odd one out there that does, but I'd say a lot of them don't like it every time. But here's the thing, in the back of their mind, they're looking forward to the performance. So they're not going to quit. They're not going to stop because they look forward to that performance that opportunity to play the instrument that they do love. Faithfulness is persisting even when we don't feel like it. It's easy, I've learnt, to be faithful to a friend. It's easy to be faithful to a child. It's easy to be faithful to a spouse, to a boss, to a girlfriend, to a boyfriend, whatever, when things are going well. But when it's not going so well, well, that's when the challenge comes. And this is what we're talking about. What we're talking about is that this stay at it dependability component of faithfulness, this commitment of factor to faithfulness, which is so opposite to the culture that we live. Our culture says if you don't like it, quit, find something better. Don't have to remain faithful to anyone. Just remain faithful to yourself. But faithfulness to God and a God-like characteristic of faithfulness is, is saying, I'm going to remain faithful even though I don't feel like it. Even though someone has hurt me, hurt me drastically. Faithfulness must be a Christ-like character in your life. Mature, spirit-led people live lives by their commitments. They persist even when you don't feel like it. Let me just put this to, let me just say this at one point here. It's important for me to say this. For some of you, you have remained faithful and you have persisted and you have persisted and you have persisted and you've persisted in certain situations. But despite that total commitment, from the other side, there is just a total commitment of unfaithfulness, which is not only affecting you but affecting others as well. I think in those sort of situations, you have to weigh up what is the right step in this situation. Am I getting physically hurt? Is there abuse? But what I'm really saying here today with what, when it comes to persisting is some of us stop being faithful way too quickly. 
The godly men, the godly women that I know became that way of deep faithfulness, not by accident, but by daily, faithfully, a willingness to be led by the Holy Spirit. To develop the habits within their spiritual life that will prompt them when it comes to being faithful. Sometimes we, and we might even be here right now, we're going, Tim, I'm just at this quitting point right now. It's all getting too hard. The finances are hopeless. The kids are driving me crazy. They're going pear-shaped, whatever might be happening in the home. School's getting way too hard, too long. My health, my relationships. I would say this, that God still wants to develop faithfulness in you to go through those situations. Don't quit. Look at James chapter 1, 3 and 4. It's there on the screen. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. There are times that your faith, your faithfulness will be put under pressure. And, And... It will show your true colours in those moments. I found in those times when the pressure situations come, that's when I really sense the Holy Spirit prompting me, seeking to, to develop my faithfulness. He wants to encourage us. That still, small, quiet voice of the Holy Spirit if we're in tune with it, if we're remaining in Christ, will speak to us in those times of testing of our faithfulness. The evil one will speak to us. Quit. Quit. Leave. Give up. Faithfulness means keep in working on those relationships. It, it means seeing the project through to the very end. Even when there's a lack of unfaithfulness with others, it's seeking to do all you can to remain faithful. It means don't jump ship too early. Be faithful, be persistent. Revelations 2.10 says this, Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. It means remaining faithful to God. Even when you you don't feel as though he's faithful to you, be reminded he is. But it's remaining faithful to him to the very end. I love how Timothy, uh, the words of Paul to Timothy, uh, whereas Paul was Timothy's mentor. He's like a mentor to him. He said, I fought the good fight, he was saying to Timothy. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. I've, I've kept the faith. I've remained faithful. Friends, faithfulness is persisting even when we don't feel like it. It's remaining faithful to Jesus Christ, to, to his ways, even when the temptation might be to go back to our old ways or to go our way. A second thing is this. Faithfulness is a promise keeper. Faithfulness is a promise keeper. It means keeping our promises, both verbal and through actions, It's the honesty component of faithfulness. The trustworthy reality aspect of faithfulness, that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. Numbers 
23.19 is speaking about God, it says this, God is not a man that he should lie, not a human that he should change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to, to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? And David echoed this in Psalm 145 when he says, The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving towards all he has made. The Lord is faithful to all his promises. As we go through scripture and we think of the prophecies that were made in the Old Testament, the prophecies that are made, we see that God has been true to them. He has kept his word. He's the ultimate promise keeper. When we lived in America... Uh, there was a plumbing company that was a big-time company. And the name of the company, and I think one of the reasons why it was so big, was the name of the company was We Show Up Plumbers. We Show Up. I've got no tradie jokes that are going to come, just so you know. But they were known for showing up and showing up on time. And people were attracted to that. They're true to their word. So they got a lot of business plumbing. And fixing plumbing issues. They were true to their word. Do you show up? Do you keep your promises? Can you be counted on? As parents, can you be trusted by your kids? Kids, can you be trusted by your parents? Folks, there's a lot of lack of promise keeping today. Certainly in marriages. And this isn't a marriage talk, but it's worth highlighting it to you, especially if you're tinkering in that area at the moment. Over the years, sadly, I've listened to, to numerous spouses attempt to explain to me and give me reasons why they had to have an affair, why they need to leave their spouse, why they need to hide money from their spouse. For their own pleasures. My reference and continues to be the Bible. Because it has no place that allows for that lack of faithfulness in a marriage. So can your spouse trust you? Is their word good? Is your word good to them? Sadly, more and more I see a lack of faithfulness of parents to children. You see it in the news. We see it in the church. Can your children trust what you're going to do? Can they take your word to the bank? You promise to do something, they know you will follow it through. Now, have I failed in that? Yeah, once or twice, times a hundred maybe. But I let them know. I say, I'm sorry. But thankfully, I believe they can trust me. Can your children trust you? Are you faithful to them? Proverbs 20, 17 says, it's, it's the, it says, the godly walk with integrity, blessed or happy, are their children after them? You know, I can't get this commercial ever out of my mind. Some of you may have seen it. Where 
the father is at a barbecue and he says to his son, can you get me a drink? And the son goes off and he gets a drink from the fridge. And then, it's, in a sense, it zooms in another 30 years and that son's growing up and he's got his own son. And he says to his son, can you go get me a drink? And then it just keeps on going and going. Now again, this isn't a talk on alcohol. This is a talk on the example that as parents we set for our children. And they will follow your ways. Faithfulness to your children. Faithfulness to your spouse. Faithfulness to your friends. You are a promise keeper to them. Is your yes a yes? Is your no a no? Or is your yes a maybe? Is your no a maybe? Or do you nearly need an interpreter to work it out? Final point. Faithfulness is stepping out in trust even when, even when I can't see it. It's stepping out in trust even when I can't see it. One of the things I used to love doing with the kids when they were little was to um, get on the kitchen bench, not me, sorry, them, on the kitchen bench and they would jump out to me. And they would go further and, I would go further and further and further back. And they would jump further and further back. And Sonia would go, you're too far back. But she didn't say it like that. Oh, you're too far back. But anyway, I'd go back and further and further and further back. And they would just jump. And they would jump and jump and jump. That was the best game. I just did it with Haley last week. It was so much fun. <laughs> she there? But yet, they, they, you, know, you know why though, don't you? Hopefully. Because I'm their dad. They know that when they jump, he's going to catch me. They've got no idea what's underneath. But that doesn't worry them. Dad's going to catch them. And faithfulness is stepping out. It's living my life where, where my heavenly father says, you need to step out. Have faith in me. That I'm not going to, in a sense, let you drop and get hit on the lino. You know, in a few weeks' time, my last Sunday, so I don't want to go into this too much, but I'm going to speak about the open door. Walking through the open door in the spreading of the good news of Jesus. Being useful for the kingdom of God. Faith in, in God in action. Not knowing what, in a sense, is on the other side of the door. But having the faith to walk through it anyway. Putting total faith in the living God, even though I'm not sure what's on the other side of the door. Revelation 3 says, I have placed a door before you. And I want to talk about that in a few weeks. But it's still worth me pointing this out to you today. Faithfulness is stepping out in trust. You know, my, my testimony is that, even in my experience here at Kilsyth, coming here, stepping out, we didn't know what was behind the door when we said yes. And initially we didn't know totally what was behind the door when we said it's time to finish up. But let me say, as, as scary as it is, Again, Son and I would say it's an exhilarating life to, to, to risk for the sake of the gospel, 
to risk for the sake of Jesus Christ. That's our testimony. God, I, I trust your wisdom. It's a great venture. It's a great adventure. And some of you, I look out there, I see you, and, and that's been your testimony too. It's looked different to ours, but it's still been for the sake of the kingdom of God. You know, I love the story 30 years ago of a group of amazing, revolutionary, young and old people taking, taking a risk. Seeing an opportunity before them. It's a great story. You need to listen to it sometime. And I haven't got time to go through it um, too much here. But these, these group of people 30 odd years ago, amazing, revolutionary people. And they said, you know what? There's an opportunity here. Let's step out and let's trust him. And KSBC was born. They had no idea what was on the other side of the door. But friends, through that, a lot of lives have been changed for the kingdom of God. Faithfulness is rooted in the believability of God. It's not just believing in God, it's actually believing God. Hebrews chapter 11. What's the time? We don't have time to go through all of Hebrews 11. But if you want to read a passage of people's faith, read that. Read about Noah. Imagine that. Someone saying, build a boat. Like a big boat. And I'm going to use you to wipe out the world and start over again. And it says, by faith Noah, by faith Noah, by faith Moses, by faith, by faith. Stepping out when we don't see what's below. Obeying when I don't quite understand why. Having our eyes on the one who is unseen. Faithfulness involves also taking a risk. That's faithfulness. As much as it is as being a promise keeper, as much as it is of sticking at it and not quitting, it's also stepping out. Don't wait to live. You might go, well, I'm 82. There's, there's no retirement age in the scriptures. I'm only 11 or 12, 13. There's no starting date in my Bible. Step out. Make sure it's of God. Don't say, well, God's calling me to Hawaii just yet. Because if that's the case, I'm coming with you. No, I'm only joking. You've got to think, is it of God? That's a very important question to ask as you step out in faith. Live your life with faithfulness. Know that God is faithful to you. Amen? Yeah? Yes. Okay, so we know that. We absolutely know that and the Bible gives us illustration after illustration, confirmation after confirmation that he is faithful to us. May faithfulness not only be under your skin, may it come out of you. Remain in the vine and it will. Let me pray. God, you are faithful, you are great. Your faithfulness is great. 
My prayer would be that first and foremost, as we've prayed each week, my prayer would be continued to be for those who would say, yes, I'm a Jesus follower. They would want to remain closer and closer to you. So that faithfulness would then flow out of their life. That they wouldn't be a quitter. That they'd be a promise keeper. They'd be willing to step out in faith for you. I pray for those that are sitting here today and they are married. I would pray that the faithfulness that they have for one another would go to a new level after today or as of today. Those who are struggling with being faithful to their children and being true to their word with their children, that after today, that would change. Knowing that what we model as parents, our children will follow And I pray for those who are sitting here today who are really battling to be faithful that they would really feel the Spirit prompting them right now to say, become faithful again. Do whatever is necessary. May they know that it's impossible to be fully faithful if there's an unfaithful aspect of their life right now. May they turn back to you. We thank you, God, as we close this prayer for your faithfulness to us that never ceases. We give you praise and we thank you. Amen.